Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 10 of Ring Post Radio. I am as always your host Adam Westwood and I'm joined again by the good old Nathan. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Nathan Harding. Thanks for having me back, Adam. I'm going to have you back as many times as possible. Uh, this week we've got a special interview with Breed Pro Wrestling that I recorded earlier today, which will be the end of the podcast, but we're going to get started with some news. We've got Tommaso Champ, who's now injured. He's got a neck injury and has to have surgery, which is going to have to relinquish the NXT title. How are you feeling, Nathan? Uh, pretty down about this. I mean... A horrific injury, isn't it? Um, I, we had a look at the injury in a bit more detail. He's he's going to have to have spinal fusion, um, which Edge took a year and a half to return from. So, unless he's got John Cena blood and can return really quickly, it's looking it's looking like he's going to miss Mania next year as well. Yeah, it's, it's sad because it was you know on his way to a really really good NXT title reign. I thought, and obviously we've all got ideas in our head of where this story with him and the belt were leading possibly at takeover in a couple of weeks but now that's out of the question and it's just just feel bad for champa really because you know he's been the glue holding nxt together really for the last year he's been the big focal point of the brand and now he's gonna have to take a year out maybe more it's really interesting that to, ha- to look at how the brand has changed since his return from injury like as soon as he was injured it took a while to really like it took a while for Gargano to get going again and then become the star he became. Um, but then as soon as Garg- as soon as Ciampa was back, there was no wait time. Ciampa was already the top guy and he was pushed to the moon and then he won the belt. Um, and since he's held the belt, he's been like the best, I'd say he's probably been the best wrestler of last year in terms of just like, well, I'd say he's in the, least in, in the discussion for the top wrestler of best matches last year. Um, and his character work was insane. And I think it was about to be like his conclusion as champion. I think we all sort of assumed that he'd be facing Gargano at uh, TakeOver New York um, and that he'd then lose the belt to uh, Gargano was what I thought at least. Um, So I think it's really weird now and I don't know what they're going to do. I think obviously it's really lucky because there's another NXT taping next week at the beginning of the week. Um, So it's lucky they've at least got some TV time to to change the storyline. They've not got things set in stone for what they have to do. But I don't know what direction they're going to go in. What do you? Who do you want to be NXT champion next? Well, I think I think we was uh, possibly looking at undisputed era towards the end of the year, picking up all the belts. You know, similar to how Evolution did all their years ago. But I think maybe they might fast forward that storyline, perhaps, and give Adam Cole the title. It's what I'm sort of leaning towards at the minute. That's exciting me a lot, as everyone knows. I'm the biggest Adam Cole fan there is, probably on this earth. So yes, a million times yes. Uh, I'm also thinking they might try and do something a bit different and have maybe give someone who, because it's like it's it's such a big in like it's such a big in- injury that like the entire like main event scene could change in NXT, and there's so many big names in NXT that we could we could really easily see. Keith Lee win the belt or we could see Donovan Dijakovic win the belt or we could see Matt Riddle win the belt there's so many big names that, or we could even see Gargano who we looked like we were going to see win the belt anyway it, like he was going to become the first NXT triple crown like new triple crown at least since the North American title was added so I don't know I don't know how they're going to do it's, it now. it's a great opportunity obviously it's a terrible thing what's happened but it's a great opportunity for NXT to sort of 
hit a reset button for 2019 and they can literally go in any direction they want. Like you said, someone who's probably not at the top of the card at the minute, they can skyrocket and instantly become a huge, huge name in the brand. Well, do you think they're going to... I've seen a few people... I've seen a few suggestions online. I've been looking through Twitter before I started recording and there were some people who want there to be a tournament leading up to the show, like leading up to... Um, leading up towards TakeOver uh, and then f- concluding with like a singles match. And I've seen also people have, wanting to have a big multi-man ladder match similar to what we had for the North American title when that was uh, unveiled last year. How do you think they're going to combat the problem? Do you think they're going to have, they're going to just do a few number one contendership matches and have like maybe a triple threat or a fatal four way yeah. or just think they're going to... Yeah, I, f- I think probably have about four, four singles and then a big fatal four way to Climax who would go on to face Gargano possibly is the way I'd look at it. Also, do you don't, you don't think Gargano is going to be involved in that? You think that he 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 will still get the shot? I think, yeah, possibly. That's a very fair. That's a very fair suggestion. I mean, I didn't think of it that way, but now you've said that idea, I think it's the best idea they can do. They've done that before, though, where they've had people who have been a contender, and then the champions got injured, and they've left the contender in the running. But because it's not been officially announced yet. Like, it's weird because... Uh, it's exactly. It's like, really weird because the shows... We know the shows have been filmed and we know how the shows have ended. And like, unfortunately, because we saw spoilers online of how the tapings from last a few weeks ago recorded. recorded. When we recorded, we saw the tapings after um, and saw what happened. And so we know the direction it looked like they were going to go in. But they didn't officially make Gargano a contender. Like, it's still undecided if he was going to be challenging or not. Um so it's really weird to see what they're going to do and how they're going to get around that fact. And I don't know what they're going to do to fix it. Like it, they could in theory just just set like a ladder match and be like, so the six of you and just do like, do what they did for the undisputed, uh, the ladder match that Adam Cole won, where there was just the six guys in the ring saying, I want this belt, I want this belt, I want this belt. And they're like, fine, have a ladder match. So I don't know. I feel like that's what I hope they'll do. Just because I like, I like ladder matches a lot. I love a ladder match, especially think, multi-man ones. I think they, the multi-man ones, are just, they're just dumb fun. Like, they're always a really fun match. It's like, if you give me a Royal Rumble or an Elimination Chamber or a Hell in a Cell, likelihood is I'm going to be interested. Like, they don't happen often, especially with NXT. Like, gimmick matches hardly ever happen anymore, like in NXT. So if they do something like, if they do a big money in the bank, or they do a big money in the bank, well, essentially, it'd be a big multi ladder match, or they do a big tournament for it. I think it'd be, I think it could be really good. So do you think Adam Cole would will win? Or do you think Gargano will, stay, will look like and carry on to be what we thought would happen anyway? Yeah, I've, I'm inclined to say Adam Cole, because, yeah, Gargano is a possibility. And yes, there are other names lower down the card who they could bump up but I think the way the sort of storyline at the minute with Undisputed Era is going they could easily just bring it forward and then have Cole as the champion and then later down the line you know the rest of the Undisputed Era pick up some titles as well and so do you reckon that you'd then see someone like Roderick Stronger for the North American yeah, title yeah. and have all four hold the belts yeah which I would love personally I also would love that a lot um, what do you as well so obviously Champa's if we're going off how long it took Edge to return from a similar injury which is about a year year and a half what do you want to see him do when you when he gets back when he gets back I'd like to see him on the main roster 
go straight for sort of like yeah. because I think by then it's a big possibility Gargano will already have been called up yeah that's fair I think and I think, I think the same. you know we all want to see the culmination of this like just been a massive massive feud hasn't it yeah it's been a fantastic rivalry one of the best in recent years anyway in WWE altogether and yeah I think well depending on what Gargano's doing at this point next year for example but yeah I'd, I'd just love to see Champa come straight back and these two just continue where they left off Joker did a situation which was similar to Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens where like so when when they first came up they split them or joking they'll keep them together do what they did so they kept them they had them together to start with had them feud then split them apart for like a year and then when they came back together they feuded again then became best friends do you reckon they'll do something similar that sounds amazing to me just didn't yeah just the whole idea of that well if they if say if he can get back in like nine months time and he comes back this sort of period's like around elimination chamber time so he won't be in the rumble or anything but he attacks Gargano and he goes for him and they have a mania match Similar to how we always wanted a Kevin Owens and Sammy singles, and the most we got was the ta- uh, the multi man IC ladder match that Zack Ryder won, then lost the next night to Miz. Yeah, bizarrely. Yes, my memory's on point there. Um, yeah, so do you reckon that they will then do something like that? Hopefully, if they could have a mania match, and then in the shake up the next week, they just split them and have yeah. one the of way, them go to SmackDown, well, one of them. The way you well. said that is perfect because we all want to see this like final next match between these two. So you know in a year's time if we can get that and then and then call that an end for the time being and have them go separate ways on separate brands see, I, I think, think it'd be ideal I think the way that it was heading with those two I thought we were going to see the NXT's first Hell in a Cell match was what I thought we were going to see so I thought we were going to have those two where they can't escape they can't leave obviously they say, you, you say you can't escape yeah. we can't escape um, they say you can't escape they say you can't leave um, but in actuality, like it'd be the, like the most confined space they've ever done. Because usually, the most they've done is a steel cage, and then they've, they've done war games. But that's a bit different. But I think that would be the one thing they've not done yet. That's massive. Apart from maybe like a tables match is what they've done. Like anything they've not done. Yeah. Well, what could have been a hell in the cell match? I'd, yeah, imagine that because I can. Just tell NXT would treat a Hell in a Cell so special compared to like, you know, we get Hell in a Cell pay-per-views every year and whatever whatever's the big feud of that week, that month, just gets put into a Hell in a Cell match. Whereas this is an actual reason for there to be one. Just tell you what, I, I put this on Twitter the other day and it got, it, for, I mean, for me, it got a decent amount of response. But it was, um, people were like, if you could do three major changes in WWE, what would it be? And one of my three, one of my three changes was change pay per view names, so there wouldn't be extreme. Well, I mean, extreme rules, I think, is fine. I think that one's fine because that's not too, that's not too major. But I wanted to change, um, I wanted to change Hell in a Cell and TLC. So just things. It could just be like Armageddon and Bad Blood again, or like it can be Unforgiven, or it can be. Um, they could do Judgment Day again. They could do the Great American Bash again. Like they could do all these different names, but then like. For example, Armageddon used to always have the Hell in a Cell match, or so a Bad Blood. They're the main two that I can think of as a kid when I'd see it, when I'd see one of those matches. And then it doesn't it doesn't tie you down to having to have a big event. Like I like being tied down to Elimination Chamber because then it means every year, just before the just before Mania, we're going to get this big event and shake up the entire main event scene potentially. And I think that's good. I think it's really good. I think it's really useful to have that. But then at the same time, it's also 
really weird when you know, for example, that a feud that's a little bit minor is going to get Hell in a Cell just for the sake of having one. Like we saw Rusev versus Roman Reigns for a US title in Hell in a Cell. We've seen Jeff Hardy and uh, Randy Orton have a Hell in a Cell, which was probably a bit more worthy of a Hell in a Cell match, but that was just because they wanted Jeff Hardy to do something dumb in a Hell in a Cell because he'd never been in one before. Like it's, the, the idea of having that as a name really annoys me because like I don't, I like to like have a reason to have these matches, yeah. not just don't be thrown around. Yeah, definitely. And you said TLC in that as well. It's like a TLC match for me. I'm looking back at some of the great TLC matches, you know, Edge versus Taker, I think. Was that Mania? Or was this the was pay-per-view after? The pay-per-view after. Yeah. It was, it was extreme. And then, I think. obviously, the Hardy Boys, Edge and Christian and Dudley Boys. And just having it have its own pay-per-view, yeah, you get lesser feuds which aren't, you know don't need the stipulations and then you know you've got a tables match a ladder match a chairs match like a chairs match who wants to see a chairs match uh, yeah the only weapon that is legal is a chair it's not what and like it's hard to build a storyline around a chair match unless you've injured someone with a chair a few weeks before or like for months you've been running around with a chair and like for example that's what made the TLC match the first one so good because it was like the Hardys had ladders the Dudley boys had tables Edge and Christian had chairs and they'd just attack people with all three of the, like everyone would individually attack them with that thing. So joining them all together for one match where all three were legal and you could do whatever you wanted with them was really good. But it was also really weird to see that now we'd have them once a year and we know there's going to come round. And there's been some really good examples where like it's been brilliant that we've had them like Charlotte versus Sasha. Whilst the match wasn't potentially the best match ever, that match deserved a Hell in a Cell match. And like there was like the first ever women's Hell in a Cell like but it, it needed, like, it was good to have one. Uh, but then we've also had, like, Dean, like, Dean and Seth also had another one, but then it was, like, ruined by silly things. Like, they always have to try and think of ways to top themselves because they have them so often. If it happens in NXT, they've never had one before. They've got nothing to go off. It's just, let's have this because it needs to happen. Like, Kevin versus Sammy could have happened in NXT in a, in a Hell in a Cell match or a, or a steel cage match. Like, we saw Joe versus Finn in a steel cage match and that was insane like that was the biggest deal they'd ever had in NXT because they'd never had one before and I like how they do that with 205 in NXT how if they ever have a no disqualifications match it actually means something yeah they have them on Raw every week just for the fun of it like the the no disqualifications match between Dar and um, between Nam Dar and Tony Nese like three weeks ago now on 205 Live is in my opinion one of the best matches so far of the year and it was because it meant something like they, were, they had this heated rivalry for like four, four or five weeks, which had led to this big match. If but we saw, we see them all the every week with Braun Strowman, so they people can he can throw like some steps around. I find it silly. Yeah, I've, that's my tangent. I can't add to that. That's my tangent yeah. over. But yeah, so we both in an agreement that we just wanted to attack uh, Johnny Gargano wherever he is next year. Yeah, cool. Uh, next up, big news that happened this week. We then had we've had a change of titles this week. We've had. The US title belt change hands. R-Truth has lost his belt, unfortunately, but also very fortunately, because the person taking it was Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe finally has a singles title. Finally. In WWE, not just in NXT. How excited were you when you saw what happened? Well, I, I was not expecting Samoa Joe to just be winning a title belt this week, but wow. Did you not watch live? Did you, did you... I, I watched it the morning after. Okay, so I stayed up because I'm dumb, and we had a 9am on Wednesday. <laughs> which I made it to, actually, which I was just very tired and didn't take many notes. Um, but 
I watched it live. And so he was the first person to answer the call. And I was like, oh, he's going to get beaten by R-Truth. No. And I was so, I was so excited. Just like every time I hear Joe's music, just that horn, I'm instantly- It's hype, isn't it? I'm instantly ready to see someone just get beaten up. And I think it's brilliant. I find it weird. I find it weird though, how they've made him win with a Uranagi again. Like they did it for a while when he went, they banned yeah. the Muscle Buster. But I'd rather just not see it. I'd rather just see the Kokina. Definitely. I think it makes it look, it makes him look stronger as well. It was a sort of quick sort of finish after he took over from where Mysterio left off, wasn't it? Yeah, like I didn't think I didn't think he was meant to win because it just seemed so abrupt. Like everyone uses like Bray Wyatt uses the Uranagi as a normal move. So when Joe does it, I'm like, what's so different about you doing it? But saying that, I don't care. He's the US champion now. Did you see the promo he cut after the um after the match where he won the belt? Ruthless. This is Samoa Joe. He's been one of the highlights of SmackDown for a long time. Oh yeah, for sure. And you know, he's just constantly fantastic promo after fantastic promo, great match after great match. And I mean, now he's the champion, the US title, and he can elevate it. If anyone wants to elevate it, it would have been him. I think, like, as much as I've campaigned for Andrade to win the belt. I don't know if he's the best person to put it on yet. I feel like if he wins, if he beats Joe in like six months' time for it, that's probably better than him winning it now. But if you want someone to hold a title for a long time and run through everyone, who better? Exactly. Than Joe? And then, you know, potentially down the line, whoever you build up to take down Joe, whether it's Andrade or Mustafa Ali. I was just, I just started pointing you thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> exactly. See, we've got the fast lane predictions coming up in the second, and the um, I've put him in a main in a mania match, which wasn't not that. So I'll explain that in a minute after. But he was not. But that's that makes perfect sense. I wasn't thinking that at all. I think I know where you're going with that prediction. Yeah, but. I think everyone knows where I'm going with that prediction. Um, but I think I think you've just answered my own question there. But who do you want to see Joe face at Mania then for the US title? Um, well, who do you want to see, and then who do you think you'll see? Who do I want to see? If we had a Samoa Joe freeway with Andrade and Mysterio, for example, I'd like that match. If we had yes. Samoa Joe versus Mustafa Ali now, I'd like that match again because that's been a great feud, in my opinion. Um, although what I think we might get is, because I don't think we had one last year, maybe the last couple of years, a multi-man ladder match, which was yeah. for the IC titles. There was always like really hot openers, great matches, fun you know, and I think we might see that for the US title this because, time round. Yeah, last year we didn't get one because we had the triple threat between Seth, Finn, and uh, Miz. Yeah, didn't we? So I think that's a really good idea. I quite like the idea of having a multi-man match again. I just like multi-man matches. I think the more men, the merrier. <laughs> the more women, the merrier. Not less. Not the be more specific. superstars, the there merrier. There we go. Um, no, I, I I think multi-man matches are really fun, especially to start off a card. They always they always get people hyped for things. So. I like the idea of having a multi-man match. I really like the idea of Ray and uh, of Ray and excuse me and Andrade being in the, in that match because what I predicted was we'll go on to fast lane now. Uh, the first match is Andrade versus Ray. So I predicted that I think Andrade is probably going to cheat to win and they'd have another match at Mania. But I've predicted that it'd be a pre-show match. It wouldn't be a main show. So it'd be just another throwaway match on a pre-show. So I'd much prefer if they did that and had them join the US title match because then it just means a bit more to them and I think it makes sense now as well because they're who he beat but they didn't pin him like he didn't pin 
I'm pretty sure that he pinned R-Truth, didn't he? Yeah. 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 So they've got reasons to be to be upset because they didn't technically lose the match. So I think that could make a lot of sense. Um, my prediction for that match, pre-show, unfortunately, although hopefully they'll get a fair bit of time. I've gone Mysterio. I think what well, we discussed last week for quite a lengthy amount of time about Andrade and Mysterio hopes for the US title at Mania. I think, yeah, if Mysterio gets the win here. I'd like to see Andrade... I know he's already beaten Mysterio once, but I'd like to see him, you know, get that massive, massive win over him on a bigger stage in a pre-show at Fastlane. And I think these two can keep feuding and then put them in this sort of multi-man match we've discussed. It can keep them feuding, keep it fresh. And then after Mania, they could have a big blow off at Extreme Rules, for example. So yeah, I think Mysterio might win this one. I mean, I'm going to, I agree. I think Mysterio will, I think Mysterio will probably win or if, he loses it'll be because Andrade cheated it won't be a clean win um, this has just been added 40 minutes ago WWE tweeted they've added a new match to the pre-show uh, they've added Xavier Woods and Big E taking on Rusev and Nakamura I think we all know who's winning that <laughs> the New Day because they rock they do rock as you remember last week there was the trumpets the trombone yeah, yeah. I really hoped did the New Day rocks toot that Xavier does every week but they didn't and it's just sad they didn't. Um, I've just saw someone tweet out, isn't it really sad that Xavier would, that all these four guys are on the, the pre-show, but Tamina's on the main card? Poor Tamina. She doesn't deserve Rey this Mysterio, sort of backlash. Rey Mysterio, a first ballot Hall of Famer. Like, he could lead a Hall of Fame class. He's on a pre-show. He should never be anywhere near a pre-show. And Tamina. Do you remember when they had Randy Orton um, and, like, the Wyatt family? against Dean and everything on a pre-show. <sighs> but yeah, so we... we The New Day are winning, aren't they? Yeah, I'd say so. Okay. Uh, the Raw Tag Team Championships, we've got The Revival as champions taking on Alistair Black and Ricochet in their pay-per-view debut, as well as Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. On Raw, uh, Re- the Revival facing Alistair Black and Ricochet and Gable and Roode attacked, them, like, attacked Ricochet and Black midway through the match to stop the match happening so they couldn't... Uh, lose the belts they've now been added to the match who do you think is going to win and why um, I think Revival I think I've, I've put Revival as yeah, well yeah I'd like to see them hold the belts for a, a fair amount of time I mean, I mean it'd be wicked to see Alistair Black and Ricochet uh, become champions but I think they're going to be the highlight reel of this match if this match is given a good amount of time it could easily be a show stealer in my opinion because all the six men have been involved in some fantastic tag team uh, matches over the years in different tag team forms and different promotions. And I think Rude and Gable are essentially added to this match to take the football, to take the pinfall, to keep Black and Ricochet, you know, not lose their momentum whilst, say, Revival can retain as well. That's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. I don't know what they want to do with the Revival as the champions because, I mean, they've lost pretty much the last four weeks con- like consecutively since they won the belt. So I don't know what their long-term plan is for them, but I think they're going to retain and I think it sh- I think it should be quite a dominant fashion against the against Rude and Gable. I think Black and Ricochet should look quite dangerous, which I think this is I think it's quite a simple thing to book out and plan. Uh, just having them not take the fall would be a really good thing anyway. Or having like having the revival like hold on to Ricochet's leg while Black's down in the corner or something. So you've got Dawson holding his leg while Wilder gets the pin, something like that. So it's it's not like they didn't have a chance to win. 
and it is just the revival being cheeky as a team yeah. to save it. But I think the best idea is to have the revival win. I hope they get a mania match. But with the, with the amount of titles there are now, the amount, oh, of, the amount right. of throwaway matches we're going to have anyway, because I, I I've already think there's three. There's going to be three scheduled in, I think, for Mania this year. Yeah. At least without a title on the on the line, which I'll explain when we get to the end of the card. Uh, I can't see them getting. If they're anything, they might be on the pre-show. It's going to be pre-show, I think. I think the, I think the Smack I think the SmackDown titles are a bit in a better position definitely than the Raw titles, and so I think we're going to get a bigger match at Mania for those belts. Um, we'll go on to that now actually we'll do, this, we'll do the Smackdown tag titles first other than the women's tag titles so the Usos against the best team in the world The Miz and Shane McMahon so <laughs> I've put the Usos I'm going to put my exact description down as to what I've put in my notes which was please be quick and please let Miz turn on Shane for making him lose in front of his dad so their entire <laughs> storyline and the way we can get Miz back to being a heel is because Miz is upset that he's lost in front of his dad I don't think I'm wrong in saying that as well, well. That's the problem. I've also gone Usos. And in my notes, I've just put, this is likely leading to a heel turn from Miz. Bear in mind that Fastlane takes place in Miz's hometown of Cleveland and his dad will be ringside. He's going to lose some of his dad and he's going to be really upset. And the, as soon as, because they always say residing in Hollywood, California nowadays, but then whenever he's in Cleveland, they always say, yeah. from Cleveland. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... I reckon, I really want Miz to go to Raw. No, I don't. That's a lie. I want him to win. Like, I want the Miz to win the US, the IC title. The uh, IC title. Just because I want, if he has one more reign, he's had the most reigns in yeah. history. Uh, and he's nearly at the most combined days as well. And I wow. want him to have that accolade. I think if anyone deserves it, it's him. Oh, definitely. What, I mean, I think it may be Pat Patterson that has it now. So maybe he doesn't deserve most, most days overall. But I think, in terms of their current roster, the Miz is up there with like one of the best reigns overall in like what he's done. So, definitely in modern WWE, I definitely associate that title with the Miz yeah, and every Dolph Ziggler. Time, every time I see the, the white IC belt, I think of three people. I think of Cody Rhodes because he introduced it, Ziggler, and then Miz just because of the really good feud between Ziggler and Miz last. Was it two? Yeah. Was it two years ago now? Might be. Was it two, two, three? A year or two ago. <sighs> Oh my god. So was it twenty sixteen? Yeah. I think it might have been twenty sixteen. Yeah, I think it was, so it was towards three the years end of ago. The year. I think it was the elections. I think it was the same day as the US elections because they had the world title match on that card, which was uh it was AJ Cena Yes Dean. Is that the one that opened the show? It opened the show yeah. because there was a big like debate happening later that night. And I think it started that debate started at like nine PM. So they they put that on the on first, which was at seven AM at seven PM. Hang on, is this the pay per view where we had is this where we had Ambrose and Wyatt closing the show? And then Oh no, was it, um so that I'm I'm fact checking right now as we speak because we don't edit things out here. Uh I'm pretty sure this show yeah, so it was Cena No wait, did that mean it? So it, what should have main evented was the Miz versus Ziggler, but that went on second to last. Yeah, I remember that happening. Yeah, the main event was um, <coughs> the main event was Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton. Oh, in the singles match because this was before Randy had joined. Yeah, but so the main it was a it was a title versus career match where yeah. if Ziggler lost, he'd retire. 
which went on. It had a lot of hype as well. It went behind. second to last. It went for tw- it went for twenty minutes. The only, there was two matches that went for twenty minutes. There was the 20, 21 minutes for the main event, or the first match, which was Styles beating Ambrose and Cena uh, and defending the title, and then you had Ziggler beating Miz, regaining his career um, at twenty minutes, and then you had you had Bri- uh, Bray Wyatt versus Orton for t- for fifteen to finish. There's not even a single mention of this, the, the match with uh, Orton. Wait. Mm. Oh, it was, it was when Luke Harper returned. So the Wyatt family was, was oh, starting setting up again. Up that story, but, wasn't it? Again. But did that need to main event? No. But yeah, that's what I think of when I think of that belt. So I want them is to hold that belt again. I kind of would, if I don't want him on Raw, I think he performs better on SmackDown. I think the show is more suited to him. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Because um, I think just in terms of the Miz, he performs better against like really high, highly athletic workers. Like his stuff with Seth was all really good. His stuff with Cesaro has all been really good. Like when he has like a really high performance guy, he always performs really, really well because he can lead the story aspects of it and they can then lead the matches. And I think that, that, that's a really... Yeah, definitely. He started on SmackDown, then he went to Raw and now he's back on SmackDown. And I think, I think we see his best, best stuff on SmackDown personally. And the only good thing that happened on Raw was the B-team stuff. And the, uh, the Miztourage, yeah, the boys. Um, so yeah, so we're we're in agreement. The Usos are going to win, and then we're going to have Miz versus Shane at Mania, which is the first of the three matches that aren't title matches at Mania. I'm thinking uh, women's tag match for the women's tag team championship. We've got the Boss and Hook Connection versus Tamina and Nia Jax. Who's winning this match? Hmm. Let me guess. Hmm. Is it going to be Sasha Banks and Bailey? It is because they beat them in the chamber like <sighs> three weeks ago. It's one of those things they they had the they had they're not going to change the title to someone that was also in the elimination chamber match that could have won the belts. Like, like they would have just had Tamina and Nia win them then. Honestly, it, it, it would not be a great start for the for the belts if they were changed hands after about three weeks. Uh, you know, yeah, these two other horse women, Banks and Bailey, they need to hold these belts for quite a while. And I'm thinking all the way till even potentially past SummerSlam, just because I'm I f- thinking Mania next year. That would definitely legitimise these belts. Um, yeah, just because the tag team divisions like in its infancy at the minute, really. I mean, we've not we've not got any challenges built up. We've got the iconics, you know. I think that's going to be the mania, and I think actually, should I say, I think the mania match will be Fire and Desire against Boston Hook. So I think, be, yeah, I, and that's what this Mandy push is leading to. P- potentially, yeah. So yeah, we've obviously got that, and then we've got the Iconics and whatever else is in the division. But all these other teams definitely need to be built up, and I just can't see anyone sort of toppling Banks and Bailey for a, a fair while. I I agree completely. Uh, my thought process is. Um, so they announced is it rest, it'll be WrestleMania 35 this year isn't it or is it 34 35 I think I think it's 35 um, anyway they they announced 36 so WrestleMania 2020 they announced last night in Tampa in Tampa Florida. Florida but the branding looks like a pirate ship who is in NXT in a tag team that is being building really well called the Sky Pirates hmm. you've got Aisha Rai wow. and Kairi Sane the pirate princess it would work so well having Io and Kyrie come out on a literal pirate ship 
with the Mania branding on it. Are you telling me you don't want to see this? Wow. Am I You've wrong? You've just blown my mind. That would be pretty amazing, wouldn't it? Also, that would be a great, a great match. It's a match I want to see a lot. Like, yeah, I think a lot of people have said. said I keep the same. seeing it on everyone. Everyone tweeting it because they're the biggest, the two biggest women's teams, apart from uh, potentially the the NXT horsewomen that are around at the minute. But then I wouldn't say they're an actual team. They're just more like a, they're more yeah, stable. I agree. So I think that's why everyone wants to see it. But then will they be able to keep interest in the general from the general fans for a whole year? With Banks and Bailey holding the belts, I don't know, because they've got they've got to do a lot of work building teams up. Because there's definitely not, there's not many teams. I think they should do a tournament in all in all honesty and have and have them do a tournament. So every week on both shows, you what, have a match. Is this leading up to Mania? Or it could do, or it could it could start after Mania in the shake yeah. up. I think after the shake up would work better, um, and then you can make new teams. Like you always see this happen in the. Uh, in the Dusty Rhodes Classic, they'll make a new team usually. They could have three put together teams, like Black versus Ricochet, like Black and Ricochet aren't a team. They're a team put together, but they're working really well as a duo. And now I could see them staying as a team for a long time. I don't think they should, but I could see it happening. Um, they should do the same sort of thing and have someone like, they should have a team of like Natalia and Mickey James because they're the sort of like, they're now the old guard the of the veterans, division. Yeah. yeah, and then you should have. Um, Potentially some call-ups from NXT. Another call-up, shall I say. So you've got someone to, to go with Lucy, uh, Lacey Owens, shall I say. Or maybe bring someone like Maurice back. For, oh, she can't. She's not pregnant again, isn't she? No mistake. Um, you could bring someone in to sort of work with her and have her in a team. You could have her join another team and make it a stable and have her sort of like to the centerpiece of it and have her not actually fighting and everyone fighting for her. You could like, they could do a lot of stuff and you've started to see, I've started to see a lot more teams being built up in NXT like they did a match last week which was Aaliyah and Vanessa Bourne against Zia Lee and someone else I forgot who else it was anyway they did a, they did a tag match like, they, they did a women's tag match I think the match was very good because I don't think Vanessa Bourne and Aaliyah are very good at the moment still um, need time definitely they need a lot more time I think I always forget that NXT is a performance show like it's not supposed to be better than the other two shows or the three shows shall I say but it just is every week um so I'd hope to see them build up more teams and I hope to see Sky Pirates versus Boss and Hook Connection at some point. But I'm just thinking there's, I feel like Vince McMahon, now we will see in the pirate imagery. As soon as he hears someone called the Pirate Princess in NXT, his mind is just going to be seeing money <laughs> and he's going to be like, print it now because that is going to be everywhere. Like I'd book it for a year in advance because then you can have Io have a title reign. Like I think it should be for next year because then you can have Io have a title reign and then Kyrie can have a title reign as well. Like they could both, there's still a year like away. They could easily have a reign. I think Shayna's going to go up after Mania anyway. Mm, yeah. I think she's going to lose at TakeOver to whoever she faces. I hope that'd be Io because I really want to see her as, as champion. I think she's brilliant. But I also really want to see Kyrie Sane because I love Kyrie Sane more than Io. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the bottom line of this little uh, bit is you just love... I just love the Sky Pirates. Yeah. I think they're the best... I think the two of the best workers that NXT have, not even talking about gender, I just think the two of the best workers in general. Like any, like, Kyrie Sane has got, like, is one of the most, like, charismatic people I've ever seen. Like, she brings I, in. I, I definitely agree with she that. She brings in everyone. But then Aya Shirai's uh, technical ability and her high flying is probably better than anyone in NXT. Now Ricochet's gone. I think she's as athletic. Like, her, like, 
she just flies everywhere. Like she's got the name of, well, she, everyone like always says, look to the sky, it's Ayo Shirai. And there's a reason because she just does moonsaults like there's no tomorrow. And I don't get how she does them so well. Like you, the human body shouldn't be able to do the things that, that she and Ricochet can do, but they do. So now I hope to see them eventually have a title reign each because Kyrie had a small reign, but then obviously she lost the belt again. So, I mean, that's been a great, a really good feud in my opinion, the Baszler and Kyrie over the last, I mean, they've had a lot, a lot of matches, haven't they? There were the main, because a lot of, um, there was quite a lot of promotions last year, wasn't there? Because obviously, yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, since Ember went up, for example, they were sort of left. Like Ember leaving took a lot out of the division. I mean, they're still building up the division now, in my opinion. I, I agree. I think there's a lot of names in the performance center that are ready to go. Like, for example, like we've not seen much of Candace yet. Exactly, all. we've not. Candace is just Johnny's husband. Yeah, and she's way more than she's, she's brilliant. And we've not could, had a chance to see her do anything substantial yet. Could argue that she's a better wrestler than Johnny Gargano, and I couldn't actually complain with it. Like. She's Hon- brilliant. Honestly, she's amazing, but we just haven't seen it yet. I know. Um, as well, like I think there's a lot of things they they're gonna do over the next year, and I think they gave, they gave the belt back to Shane and had a first the first ever two time champion, just because we'd never like they needed someone they could they could trust reliably and like let just destroy everyone while people in the back are building up, because like there's people that obviously with NXT people, they usually wait till someone's ready for TV to bring them on to TV. And they just do the live events and they can mess up in the live shows. Um, but the division so was so weak, they needed someone they could have run through everyone and look believable. So I reckon that's why they go back to Bayes. I, I love Shane. I think she's brilliant. So I'm glad they did just because then I've got, we've got to see more matches of her. I think she she just gets it. Definitely. Like, especially the, the transition from MMA as well. She just seems to understand how to work. And like, even when she's like, when she's selling, she's brilliant. When she's like picking apart a body part, it's brilliant. Like I think she's just really good in the ring, and I hope to see someone like Io or or Kyrie beat her at Takeover, and then have a year. Maybe have a little mini like like they've had feuds before in the past where they've been friendly rivalries, and have a match between Kyrie and and Io. They could do that at Brooklyn, or that will be Brooklyn. It'll be um, Toronto this year with the the SummerSlam, the night before SummerSlam Takeover. Yeah, yeah. Um, that would be that'd be brilliant. amazing, wouldn't but it? But they could they could have them still be friends and just be like they could shake hands after the match and be fine still. But then obviously then and then still be a team when then, when needed. Yeah, and then lead to to uh, Boston Hawk versus Sky Pirates, which is my my dream. I think it's my I think it's my biggest hope for the women's tag titles, unless they're gonna do something stupid and bring back like Lita and Trish. Well, I w- which I think they might do for Mania. I think they might do. A- yeah, well, I, like we just said earlier about there's not many teams built up I mean really if you want to give Banks and Bailey you know a good sort of platform at Mania maybe like a team an all-star team like Trish and uh, Lita I don't know what the Bella Twins are doing now um, if oh any, god it's going to be the Bella Twins isn't it uh, I mean, I've, I've got Bella, no it's the Bella Twins I've it's, got Nikki Bella in another in another plan of mine which I'll tell you later but I I, get, I think I've got we'll go on to that match anyway now with why she's going to be building off so the Smackdown Women's Championship is Asuka versus for, uh, Fastlane is Asuka versus Mandy Rose my notes are Asuka no one is ready for Asuka Mandy is close but still no one is ready <laughs> That sounds like an amazing promo. You've just well, no, seriously, 
Like, I, like I, I think Mandy Rose could easily be a star in the division. Like she could, I think she could hold the division down for a long time. I think everyone, she's one of the, she's, she's a very hateable character and people always think it's like the, like the quote unquote X-Pac heat of just they hate her because she's not the best in the ring, but she's decent. Like her running knee is better than Seth Rollins. Imagine me saying that. She has a better knee than Seth Rollins. <laughs> and this is Mandy Rose I'm talking about. Um, yeah, I think I think she's really good. And I think, I don't think she's championship ready yet. Maybe like NXT champion. I think like she could have easily stayed in NXT a lot longer. Um, and same with Sonya. I think they both should have stayed in NXT for longer. Um, and had them be champion. I think since I've been on the uh, main roster, you can definitely see like from the start to now, the amount of improvements just insane in my opinion. Yeah, I I do agree with what you said. Like I I do really really like both of the Mandy and Sonya, but I don't think either are ready for a title reign just yet. And I don't really see who else on SmackDown because we obviously Charlotte and Becky are tied up on Raw. See that's the problem because the two biggest stars on on SmackDown competing on Raw right now because Charlotte and Becky probably are, the, are one of the, two of the people putting putting people in the seats but they're not showing up on the show that's why Raw's seen a massive spike in interest because people keep tuning in to see what they're doing so it's weird to look at it from that perspective because now like it was really weird did you, did you notice this week so they invited so Charlotte invited Becky to Smackdown but like she's still a Smackdown superstar yeah like you can go onto the WWE Superstar page on WWE.com and she's still under SmackDown. She's not on Raw yet, but she she probably will be, but she's not there yet. So I don't, it's very weird. No. It's very weird. Yeah, it's definitely, well, they they always just, at the minute, sort of using SmackDown to build to that Raw Women's title. Where, I mean, we've had a bit of build for this, but not as much as I'd have liked to have seen. Um, Did you see the the fifty second match between Mandy and uh, Naomi the other night? What do you think? That's what it is. I mean, I saw loads of people. I saw loads of people complaining online about how I understand the end of the why. women's revolution, and I sort of got why. But there's still forty second matches for men. Yeah, I mean, you now, can't. That's just, my. That was my. No, I understand that point of it view. It now made Mandy look so much better because she beat. Probably, probably the most prestigious woman that's left on SmackDown yeah. properly. Like Charlotte is probably going to go to Raw as well. I assume Charlotte and Becky are both going to Raw in the shakeup. So with that being left, you've got Asuka, who's brilliant at NXT, but hasn't done much on, on the main roster. And then Naomi, who's won the SmackDown Women's title a few times and won the, the Women's Battle Royal at Mania last year. Like she's the most like prestigious woman on the roster. She beat her in under a minute. Yeah, it definitely like, builds it's, it. It's made Mandy look great, which is my argument. Like, it's not going to happen every single... If it happens, like, next week as well, and we see the women's title on SmackDown have two minutes, this then there's the a thing. problem. Yeah. I think I it's... Mean, you can't call something a problem after only one week. Well, at SummerSlam, didn't we have, like, three matches that were, like, under two minutes? Like, I, think, I remember Bala and Corbin. And so that's a really, like, quick squash, essentially. Um, yeah, but... So... You, it's, a, it's all right for it to happen to the women as long as it's not every week like you've just said because well if you want it to be equal between the men and the women then you've got to have like a bit of variety in the times of matches that's what i mean like especially because the fact that charlotte cut like a 10 minute promo earlier in the night anyway so overall the women had like 15 minutes in the night because asuka beat them both up afterwards and there's that's two title matches that were both built to what else can they build to because mm. the 
There's no point building up a. T- I mean, they could have built up a tag team for, for for the women, but they hadn't got the time. Like, where would they have fit that in? Like, they just not. Ha- they don't have the time in the two hours in the two hour period, which is why I'm missing something like Talking Smack, where people who even though they're not fighting can go and unbelievable show. Honestly, I think that's why SmackDown was like so so fantastic when it first the brand f- split first happened. The thing is, if you watch. If you go back now and look at all the SmackDown exclusive pay-per-views they had, do you remember we had 24 pay-per-views? Like it was about 20 pay-per-views uh, yeah, a year. Yeah, yeah. I find <laughs> I'm struggling now with 12 again. So I mean, the fact that we coped with 20, like around 20, 24. Um, no, when when all of the SmackDown pay-per-views happened, they all always had a piece on Talking Smack of someone saying something. Every like, every, every match, no feud, matter how big or small like felt worthwhile like it felt like it wasn't just sort of thrown together at last minute because even if you weren't given enough time on the actual show then you had talk of smack after where you could keep the story going that's the thing because because i mean raw doesn't need something like that because it has the extra hour like you don't need like they can build more they can have more segment time on on the show with something like SmackDown, when you were limited to two hours which i think people prefer like you don't have to tune into talking smack because it wasn't things you were you weren't desperately going to miss out on things if you weren't tuning just in. Just added depth, didn't it? It added depth to everything. And if you were a massive super fan like all of like we are and everyone who has the network is, you were going to watch it because it was an extra product you could watch, which I think was great. Um, and the fact that it's not there anymore really would have helped like build towards this feud and the women could have had a lot more of a spotlight on it. Like if you had Mandy bragging for the last like month of how she was... I mean, this is sort of kind of uh, climax the feud between Naomi and Mandy anyway. Because they had like a little brief, yeah, yeah. they had like a, a brief thing in the in the chamber, but obviously the whole thing with like Mandy still on Twitter saying that she like she she joked with Jay Uso the other day. Is it Jay or Jimmy? Which one's married? I think Jay is. I think Jay is married to. I wish I could uh, inform and back that up, but <laughs> <laughs> excuse me. Um, no, I I think it's I think it's Jay. Either way, doesn't matter which one. She tweeted to the Uso twin that Naomi is married to. Um, a picture of her raw at uh, raw smackdown was in her hometown so all of her family were there so she introduced jay to all of her family in a little video on twitter and she was like look who your man prefers now um as a joke uh, and i thought that was really funny like if the, if she had just been bragging for the last month like that's like two or three months how better she is than someone like naomi when she beats naomi in literally under a minute it makes her just look insane like when like um so with the NXT pre-shows, the one, it was uh, the Survivor Series takeover. Yeah, the Survivor Series takeover, which had, um, the, it had uh, Riddle versus Ono, oh, which yes. lasted like seven seconds. That was brilliant because in the pre-show beforehand, you had Ono talking loads of smack saying that I would knock you out in a second and you'd do nothing. You wouldn't even be good enough. And, Ono, and Riddle dropped the mic and walked away. And then half an hour later he was knocked out in a second like he was knocked out so i say so i mean it it was really good storytelling and they did that in 10 minutes and it yeah well there you go and that made riddle look huge yeah and they could have done that for mandy and it would have made mandy look better if for the last month or so she'd been bragging about how much better she was than man than than naomi and how she was going to beat her so easily and then as soon as they had a singles match she was done it had been that would have solidified her and this would have made them everyone more excited for the match. They've been like, "Oh no, Mandy might actually beat her," but everyone's like, "Oh, Mandy's gonna lose." Like everyone knows that Vince loves Mandy because, I mean, of course, of course she does. Of course. Um, 
but I think it's a really good. It's going to be a really good. I think it might be a good match. Honestly, yeah. well, definitely, it's definitely not one to sleep on. Really, I mean, I do think it's a, it's a pretty decent card overall. Um, yeah, definitely could be a potential good match. So we've got. I mean, I assume that this is where you assume Nikki Bella is going to head into then. I, sh- I think. She oh yeah, what was? Oh yeah, my uh, my ideas for the SmackDown Women's Title going into Mania. So as we've said, not apart from Charlotte and Becky, obviously, there's not really many women like up to Asuka's level in terms of you know booking and such. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You you said it, Naomi. Potentially Carmella are like the next two, but I don't think either of them are sort of WrestleMania match worthy for a singles match anyway. Yeah. So, and I wouldn't just like ask her to be forgotten at Mania because I think she's amazing and I think she deserves a big match. And I, I know this might get a lot of hate, but a big match for Asuka would be Nikki Bella. Um, they've obviously got a little bit of history because cast your minds back to the first ever Women's Royal Rumble and Asuka was... The, uh, didn't she eliminate Nikki Bella last? She did, she yeah, Bella last. And I think I do think Nikki Bella's underrated in terms of what she can bring to the table, and obviously that, she can fair. bring a lot of star power to the table, and it would give Asuka a good rub for for Mania. She brings a whole new fan base in, though, doesn't she? Because she's the best actress in a reality show uh, <laughs> for Total Divas and Total Bellas. I watched some of an episode of that the other week. What was it like? painful like I felt pained watching <laughs> that reality show I mean I mean that's not to say that I would I wouldn't feel pained watching something like Keeping Up With The Kardashians as well I would I feel like reality shows are definitely not for me and that's why they're not yeah, targeted at that's me they're not targeted at you personally are they they are not but I think especially that seeing I think that Nikki Bella is just a bad actress so the fact she won the best actress award <laughs> yeah. I found very weird, um, but I find it. I find it really weird. But I, I'm kind of expecting it to happen. Like I'm expecting that she's gonna get the match. But I find it weird because that would mean that her last match was losing to Ronda at Evolution, yeah. and then her next match will be losing to Asuka at Mania. <laughs> but she'll be in both both women's tam- championship matches because of her namesake now. Yeah, yeah. She's. I mean, this is a ridiculous thing to say, but. Oh God, what are you going to say? Well, I'm not comparing, you know, Nikki Bella to Batista or The Undertaker or Triple H. But in terms of the women roster, like who else do they like realistically have for a big singles match anymore? You know, I mean, we're not going to see Trish or Lita have a, like a, you know, a 10, 15 minute singles match against Asuka, are we? Or are we? I just cannot see that. And I mean, I mean, Nikki Bella is probably the biggest star they have who's not on the roster now. My my dream match for Asuka, or as much as like, well, not a dream match, theoretically like doable match, quite simply, would be another match against Mickey James. I think Mickey James has got enough star power just from her own namesake to bring a lot of older fans in. Because um, I think what I always refer to by an older fan is like, someone who used to watch back in the day and will now like watch the occasional show here and there when they see something. And recognised like, certain like, names. Like my brother said he might watch Fastlane because Rome, because Roman's now back and the Shield's forming again. And like he used to watch, because I used to watch all the time at home when I was there, when the Shield started and he saw, and he used to love Roman because he thought Roman was sick because of how strong he was. 
like this is how little of a knowledge my brother has on on wrestling um but he was like but he's um, he obviously he watched full time when Trish and Mickey had their really great match. It was a Mania 22? 22, I think yeah. you're right there. Yeah. He was watching full-time at that at that period. So if you have someone like Mickey James in a, in a big match against someone who's supposed to be this like undefeatable person, I think he'd bring in a lot of older people and be like, oh, actually, oh, what's, what's Mickey James doing? What's she there? And then you've got all Batista on the card. Oh, it's WrestleMania anyway. I'll tune in as it is. Like, I think... Because people are going to tune in no matter what because WrestleMania... Like loads of non-wrestling fans, you just see like everyone who hates wrestling on Twitter for the whole year, tweeting wrestling it's things. The one all day of the night. year, isn't it? It's weird. It's the one day of the year where everyone wants to be a wrestling fan. The people who always, you know, slag it off. Oh, it's fake. Why are you still watching that when you're in your twenties? And yeah, but every WrestleMania, every you, WrestleMania, you're watching Shane jump off the cell. So come on, <laughs> you're watching Shane fly off the WrestleMania sign. You know he's doing it. Um. Yeah, I think I think that'd be a great, I think that'd be a reasonable match. I think the match in NXT was really good. I liked how when I like how that's what got her back into WWE. I think it could work really well. That no, I I, I would yeah, I wouldn't be against that. I, I love Mickey James, one of my favorite women's wrestlers of all time. Um, I can't see why they can't because they've got obviously the SmackDown women on Raw, that's so they could easily put some more women on SmackDown. That's my thought. My thought would be you could just have Asuka complaining. She's beaten every, she has literally beaten everyone on Raw on SmackDown apart from. Sonya Sonya's the only big name and the Iconics but they won't have the Iconics in the singles they're the only she's, the only big name she's not beaten is is Sonya so they won't she could easily say I've been every big name this show has I want someone from Raw to Stephanie step forward to Mina I mean she is <laughs> she, she is a name she is a name not sort of Raw women we were looking at no you could then have, I mean, like Mickey James has had big matches on SmackDown in the past anyway. She's, she's, I think it's the best. I think it's the best call they could easily do. Yeah, I like that idea. Uh, so then you've got what I've got next. I've got next written down is the Shield versus Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, and Baron Corbin still wearing his suit. I'm going to update this every single week. Whenever we talk about Baron Corbin, it's Baron wearing a suit. Well, Corbin. it's definitely worthy to bring up every time. I just don't understand it, but. I guess it makes him look different to everyone else. But I just I mean, don't like it. I mean, his his past attire made him look different anyway. True. Like, I quite like, because it was like, it wasn't, they weren't like leather trousers, but they looked different. And then he always used, and then he didn't wear the vest. He didn't wear a t-shirt for a while. Then he always wore a t-shirt. Because people keep, everyone on Twitter, the reason everyone kept saying he was wearing a t-shirt is like, are you wearing a shirt because your belly button looks weird? <laughs> and people kept saying because his face looks like a, like a frown, like his stomach looks like a frown. Which I don't agree with, but I I understand why I guess. But You're yeah. no longer a constable. Take the suit off. Yeah, I know. That sort of doesn't make sense. Like, unless now it's like I saw um I saw that guy on Twitter wrestle features. I've shown you a lot, Nathan. Yeah. He tweeted, yeah. <laughs> he tweeted, how dumb does McIntyre and Bobby actually have to be to think that he's still the general manager, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why they're working for him and not in big feuds. Oh. Um. We know who's winning this match, don't we? Yeah. It's going to be the Shield. Shield. What have you... Have you got anything... Any shenanigans post-match? Um, not sure. During the match, I don't know whether we might see Elias or Strowman make an appearance. Maybe not. Although, after the match, you know, the match we said about last week, Reigns and Ambrose, I think this would be a good place to 
kick that kickstart that if that is the direction they're going in I don't know what have you got your thoughts uh, my exact notes are Shield are going to win and Dean will turn on Roman post-match to lead to Roman versus Dean Mania. Yeah. yeah, I think they're going to have either the only way I can see the Shield losing is by thing is I can see Roman getting pinned and him not looking bad for it because I can imagine it could build that could be a good way to get even more sympathy for Roman that's what I'm thinking that's my thought because you could easily have if you have Roman about to hit a spear on someone like on say if it's I, I'm hoping Drew McIntyre I think if Drew McIntyre gets the pin it makes it if you can then have Drew McIntyre running around for the next year going oh, I beat Roman Reigns in his comeback match superstar like yeah. rocket on his back again um, so my thought would be have Roman ready for a spear and then as he's running across have Dean come and hit a running knee on him like he used to do hit his running knee get him up Dirty deeds him, roll out the ring. Have Ambrose and Bobby Lashley and Corb like have those two, those three I say scattered around the ring out yeah. of nowhere. Uh, and then, so that way you then have Roman beat up by Dean. Dean has cost him the match, cost him his friendship, and then you could have Roman trying to win back Dean. And then you could have you could even put a stipulation on the match like if they're trying to. Because the whole storyline is that the the reason is they're, they're marketing it as one last time. Yeah. As in, because Dean's leaving, they could have it like Dean's career's on the line. So if Dean wants to leave, he has to beat Roman. They could have it like, they could easily do something like that. They could do a lot of different things. But I think give 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 Drew the win, make him pin Roman. Roman doesn't look bad in losing because he's been destroyed by two finishing moves from Ambrose, and then a third because you you you'd assume that. McIntyre wouldn't just cover straight away. He'd probably hit a Claymore if he can get back up. So that way you've got a big match for Mania yeah. signed, a new guy built. Exactly. It builds the Mania match, which we're talking about. And also it gives Drew McIntyre another sort of sentence because he's fallen back down the card slightly since since before Rumble. But the thing is, the thing is if, you can have, if you have Drew beat Roman here, you could then argue that post-Mania he's the first challenger because if Roman's beating someone who's leaving the company technically, like if he actually is leaving and Dean goes, well, you just beat someone who's leaving. Why would he care? He's, he's, already, he's already going home. Um, and the first big, the last person to beat you was Drew. And then have like a, you could do what they did last elimination, last um, Extreme Rules and have like a multi-man match. Was it last year or the year before? Well, they had AJ, they had like Roman, AJ and someone else. They had like a, I feel like they had a, Oh no, I'm thinking they had um, you know when AJ faced Roman yeah. for the WWE title when AJ just uh, he yeah. just lost to Jericho. Yeah. He yeah. then had the match with Cesaro. They had that really big fatal four way yeah, on, on Raw. Yeah. And do that, but do that at pay per view and have it a fatal four way for Seth's potential to, like Universal title. Have Roman, and then have Drew McIntyre, and then have anyone else they could throw in there because they'll probably put someone that like they could easily they could put Brock in there and have a rematch for Brock, and then it'd be Brock. Drew, that, Roman, and Seth. be a pretty amazing Which that itself yeah. sells at Extreme Rules. And I've, Lesnar's had a few good four-way matches, hasn't Or like Mighty Man matches. He did well against, he does really well against Seth and against someone else. Like when he can, he can look bad against, he looked really bad against Cena, like Cena looked like he could beat him, but then he was also really good at dominating Seth. So if you've then got him being able to throw Seth around, but then also getting beat up by Drew and Roman while also beating them both, I think it would be really interesting. 
that's my hope for the well, match at least. That's definitely sounds like a really good idea, and I do back that idea. But I can't see Shield not winning, so I'm, I'm sticking I, with my I prediction. I also think the Shield yeah. will win. I think that's what I'd like. This is my dream this, prediction. Yeah. I think what will happen will be the Shield win, and then and then if anything, Dean doesn't want to do. Dean doesn't do the fist bump or does fist bumps his face and punches him. <laughs> I don't know. They'll be, they'll do something like that. I can I can't see this not leading to a match. Especially with the fact that like there's already a story there. Like Ro like Drew like, um Dean turned their back on on Roman's worst night in his life. So like there's there's already a story there to build off, so I think that's I think it's time to pull the trigger on it. The penultimate match of the night, you've got Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair, and if Becky wins, she's added to the Raw Women's title main event of WrestleMania. We know who's winning. Yeah, we do. We all know Becky Lynch is going to be in this uh, Raw Women's title match at Mania, without think, a shadow of a doubt. I think that Ronda's going to attack Charlotte. Yeah. And the ref's going to be down. The ref will be down. Ronda's going to destroy Charlotte, and Becky's just going to... And then she's going to destroy Becky as well. I think she's going to beat both women up. And then cover Becky, like put Becky over Charlotte, because that way the storyline continues. Of well, neither neither one of you can even touch me still. Well, then also Becky's been chatting a lot of crap towards me. I want to have her. I want to fight her as well. So then, because she's campaigning for Becky to get in the match anyway, I think it then kills two birds with one stone. I'll tell you what. Very similar idea. I've written my notes. I would not be surprised if Ronda Rousey makes her presence known during the match, perhaps costing Charlotte the match to ensure Becky makes her way to Mania, which would add another element because Charlotte could say she never lost, well, she didn't lose to Becky clean in this scenario. And then Ronda could also be able to gloat about gifting Becky away back into the match. And it would just add another dynamic to an already brilliant feud. I think, I, honestly, there's nothing else I, think I can say about this match. I think it's going to be, it'll be great, even though with Becky's injury. I always hate leg injuries. I always really hate having to sell a leg injury. Like I remember, do you remember when Seth first got back from his knee injury? Every instantly, single match, wasn't it? Every match. Oh, that left knee again. Oh, there's the left knee again. Like, well, right knee, shall I say? Lady, I can't even think. It's been that many that many hearings a bit of his leg going. I've forgotten what it was, but yeah, I think it's gonna be Ronda's gonna get involved. Becky's gonna win. She's gonna. It's gonna be a triple threat main event for WrestleMania, and we're gonna see the man become the Raw Women's Champion at Mania. I think is the is the final plan. Yeah, I think that is the outcome. Then, the 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 main event of the night is what it's looking like. At least it probably won't be. I think it's probably going to be the Shield now. Actually, uh, Daniel yeah, Bryan is the world is the WWE champion against Kevin Owens. Obviously, it was a surprise two weeks ago that Kevin got added, uh, replacing Kofi. Kofi, we know it's not going to be at the show as well, because obviously the the new day are on the pre-show. So Kofi's definitely going to be there. What do you think is going to happen? Um, I've gone Brian. I think Brian's going to hold the title leading up to Mania. I mean, we've talked about this in quite in quite a lot of detail last week, but I don't know that match might change. My original thoughts, I think a lot of people's original thoughts were, now that Owens has got this match, we're going to see Kofi and Brian in a singles. But I know I saw you share share a potential match for the WWE title, if you'd like to, uh, to say it. It was Daniel Bryan versus Kevin Owens versus Kofi Kingston versus Mustafa Ali because Ali obviously returned the other day. Um, the, the only reason I think he's not going to go for Samoa Joe is because he arguably has a WWE title shot. He's, a, he's owed because he was in the Elimination Chamber mm -hmm. and was injured. So he didn't ever get a shot at them at that. So I think people could arguably, arguably, like he could arguably 
def- like say that he deserves a shot. All, all and f- three other men in that could yeah. could claim to a shot because I think as well. I think Kevin's going to be screwed as well. Yeah. I think Kevin's going to. I've put Kevin to be screwed by Rowan, so it's an unfair loss. So, um, so Brian still looks good. You've then got Kevin who's been screwed, Kofi who's been even more screwed, and then Mustafa Ali whose body screwed him because of Eric Rowan. And then you've got a WWE Championship fail four-way at Mania of Brian, Kofi, uh, Kevin Owens, and Mustafa Ali. Yeah, I, I, I love the sound of that. I just like, I get, we've said this. We've, how times. many multi-man matches are we building up I mean, here? But the thing is, they always have loads of multi-man matches at Mania because they want to get as many yeah. people on the Mania card as possible. But like, it just works. Because we know there's going to be, we know there'll be Triple H and Batista as a singles. There's going to be Brock and, Brock and Seth, which is looking like it's going to be a singles unless they add Roman into it or something. If they don't do a Dean storyline. Or add Dean and make that a fatal four and have the shield against against Brock. That would be interesting. They could do that and then have uh, Dean steal the title. Imagine. Dean shows up in a progress with the universe. Imagine. <laughs> Imagine the shockwaves around the industry if, if Dean Ambrose steals the Universal title. I mean, it won't, it won't make a difference to Raw because it's not been on Raw for about three months anyway. But <laughs> Wow. But that could be fun. That's not going to happen though. Uh, so we've penciled in many multi-man matches. I just love a multi-man match. They make well, sense Multi-superstar multi match. Like to well, yeah. re-clarify. Yeah. Um, but there'll be a singles... I sh- it's looking like there's going to be a singles between AJ and Orton. Yeah. Definitely doing, is what they're building to. They've isn't been it? doing loads of uh, they've been doing loads of matches on live events. Apparently, have they? They've been I, I know they've had a fair few uh, backstage segments as well, haven't they? There's been now? there's been backstage segments the last two weeks. Also, and Miz and Shane is a singles Miz as well. So that's four, almost definitely. It's four definites, I think. So then I think having a load of more matches thrown in there makes it a nice balance because they'll all, they'll all be spread out throughout the night. Yeah. So I think that would work well. I did. I know I've, I've mentioned a couple of run-ins forever matches. It sounds a bit all TNA mid-2000s, <laughs> but I do think we're possibly going to get some run-ins here as well. Okay, Rowan, you've already mentioned Rowan. Maybe we're going to see Ali or Kofi come out to sort of make a save to sort of even the odds. Potentially, potentially Harper or Sami Zayn. I see, I'm thinking it won't be Sami Zayn now that Kevin Owens is a babyface. Think like with Kevin as a face, I think you'd want Sammy to show up elsewhere. I do think because they were it's both probably best to hold off on Sammy until after Mania. That's my thought. I think if you you throw Sammy into the equation, then it just sort of like messes things up, and you yeah. probably you'd have to make it a fatal five here, which would be brilliant. I I think it'd be a really good idea to have Sammy in that match as well. I wouldn't complain if Sammy's game was in the main in the WWE title match at Mania. Is do you know if Harper's ready to come back? Is because. I do not know. Because my thinking was leading into Mania, obviously, you're going to need some matches on SmackDown and house shows, for example. Um, I just had the idea of, if it was that sort of fatal four-way you said, then you could have Kevin Owens, Mustafa Ali and Kofi Kingston against the trio of Brian, Harper and Rowan, sort of leading into the match. Um, Yeah, I think it's looking like he could return. Uh, This, so... ProWrestling.com put out an article last month on the 7th of February and said, after Rowan's recently returned to SmackDown, uh, there's been an update online providing an update on. Uh, on Harper, he started, as apparently reported to be at the, tr- at the performance center that week. 
So like the week of Valentine's Day. So yeah. that's like three, four weeks ago now. Yeah, about four weeks, isn't it? About Something four weeks like ago that. now, yeah. So he should in theory be back and being in training again. So that that would be fine. I think he'd probably be able to be back in that time. Yeah. I mean, it looked like from the stuff with Roman, Roman, before he announced he was on TV, did you watch the Chronicles thing with Roman Reigns? I haven't seen it yet, unfortunately. So you see him go to the me- go to the performance center for the first time again. Well, not for like, and he goes back to get all his medical tests done, but he gets back in the ring for the first time that week, the week before it. And then I was like, he was in the ring and did stuff then. So like, I assume this should be fine. If he's been at the performance center for a month, I think Rome, I think Harper will be fine to come back, which would make I think make it make it a lot more interesting, because then you would be able to have six man tags and stuff like that on SmackDown, and throw away tag matches, and then you've got and you could just have singles with like Harper and Rowan against yeah. the other three. Yeah, I think that'd be brilliant. All right, so now we've got a little a little treat. We've got Mitch from Breed Pro Wrestling coming in for a little interview that I did with him earlier. So without further ado, here's that. So, Mitch, you're back in the studio. How are you doing? How are you doing after show one? Yeah, I'm doing good, mate. How are you? I'm not too bad, not too bad. How you, how do you think the first show went? Yeah, I chuffed a bit, so yeah, it was a yeah, it was a real good show. It was um, there were no hiccups, there were no real disasters. <laughs> all the things that I were worrying about in the week before the show, none of that happened. Yeah, we're all good. From a fan's perspective, it was one of the best first shows I've been to. I think probably the best one I've been to. Uh, I was really pleased. I think it was maybe one of the best indie shows I've been to in general, not just first show. Yeah. So I'm really glad that I was able to, able to attend uh, and able to cover it for us. I want to uh, run down some of the things that happened and take your perspective on it. Yeah, sure. So the first match in Breed history was More Than Hype versus the Anti-Fun Police with Martina as backup. How do you think that went? How yeah. do you think the Anti-Fun Police handled it? That was fantastic, weren't it? It was just hilarious. It was hilarious. It, it, was, a, it was a great way to introduce More Than Hype to where the people who have never watched More Than Hype before. And yeah, they finally bringing Martina and Antifun Police together. It's, it's led to more future matches, I reckon, with uh, Santos and Martina. That's a match that's got to happen. I eventually. think I'm, I'm ready to see a singles match between those two at yeah, some point. I think <laughs> uh, it was very fun to watch that. Yeah. Uh, I think the funnest moment of the match for me was in the post-match when they were sell- uh, when Martina was trying to dance with um, More Than Hype. She spilt her beer in the oh, ring yeah. and she was picking up the beer, <laughs> trying to put it back in the can. And she was she was really confused as to why it wouldn't go back in the can. Yeah, and then she just had to drink it off the mat like she was just losing obviously, her mind. Obviously, that's that's a, that, that's not planned. That's just Martina <laughs> just living in the moment and saying, "What would Martina do?" Oh, I know she'd pick the beer up and then put it back. Yep, that's Typic- the genius of Martina. A typical sesh mal- yeah. Martina. Uh, I want to touch on the the new breed tournament because I was I was a big fan of both matches. I think they were two of the best actual like, in ring matches of the night. Uh, we'll start off with the first one, which is uh, Conor Mullins versus Maverick Mayhew. Uh, which Mills won. Yeah. I thought it was one of the best matches of the night, if not the best match in ring. What did you think of it? What do you think? How did you think that it's going to like develop now after this, after the big show they had? Yeah. So when we first put Breed together and we we planned this new Breed tournament, we needed new, you know, new and up and coming and younger guys to it uh, to step up to it. And that was a match that I wanted straight away, Mills and May, because they had a match together in progress at the Dome, and it was just so close to a five star match them to add and if you've got on demand on progress go ahead and seek out that, that match because it were amazing and then I'd, I was hoping that they'd, a year a year's more experience and they'd come to the, a, a bigger room and up north and I, I were hoping that they'd, they'd replicate that and 
it were a different type of match. The, 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 the match they had down south were a bit more high flying. This were a bit more striking, and they just batted the living hell out of each other. It was just amazing. And yeah, yeah, they're coming on leaps and bounds, them two. And I think one's, one's 18 and one's 20, and I'll give them two or three more years, and they're just going to be unbelievable. That makes me feel really bad because that's yeah. the same age as me. Yeah. So I feel like I'm quite disappointed at how my life trajectory is going compared yeah. to them two, because I mean, the sky's the, literally the limit for them. And yeah. um, I was quite surprised as well, because obviously I've never seen these two. I don't keep up to date with progress all the time because there's just yeah. so much, there's so much wrestling that's so great at the minute to keep up with. Yeah. Um, but I was really surprised to see how athletic uh, Conor Mills is. Yeah. So like, I think he hit, I think he hit a springboard moonsault at one point. And I literally jumped out of my seat because yeah. I was like, what is this man? How is he doing? He's so good. Yeah. He's so good. And then we had Amari versus Alec Michaels, uh, where Amari cheated to win. Yeah. How did you think of that? Were you a bit upset that someone cheated to win the tour, like, to get through to the tournament? It's, um, it showed his ruthless nature, doesn't it? That he'd do anything to win. And yeah, he had a, he had a plan. And the original plan was for Alec Michaels to have someone in his corner. Uh, it was a guy called Mark Sanderson, who was a, uh, an experienced guy from Round Sheffield. And he didn't turn up to the show. But it would, I don't know why he didn't turn up to the show, but... We was like, I think Alex, that probably knocked a bit of Alex's confidence a bit going in. It kind of ruined his game plan. And then to end the end the match where he actually lost somebody, lost to to Amari, who had someone in his corner. It was kind of a a weird three sixty, you know. So it was uh, it was really interesting from a crowd perspective because we weren't expecting anyone. Because we thought, I at least I was thinking, well, it's going to be the Newbury tournament. It's all these young lads. They're going to be thinking, let's just try and let's just try and win this. I'll prove how great I am. And then seeing Amari cheat to win really kind of disheartened a lot of the crowd. Yeah, and they signed him very quickly. They were chanting his name the whole way through. Yeah. And then, uh, he, was it Jack? Was Jack, Jack Ball, yeah. yeah. Jack ran down to help and the crowd instantly just turned on him. Yeah. Because I was saying how perfect, I thought he was one of the best, I think he was one of the best stars like up and coming that I've seen. Yeah. I think Amari could be really big. And then we were like, how dare, how dare he cheat on us yeah. now? Well, he's always been the... Uh, the the baby face has always been the guy who, who wins through fighting and you've, he's never really shown that side of him but he's come to breed and he's showing that side of him so let's see what, what happens going forward um i'll quickly touch on this now what's your future plans for the new breed tournament like how far do you reckon that the people that didn't get through so that's so we've got alex michaels and then we've got um we've got maverick mayhew where do you think they're going to be able to go now because obviously they're not in the tournament over the next few months no we're, st- we're still it's a division we want to uh, build we want to we want it to be known for the new breed so like old school new wcw were known for the cruiserweights and um, new japan's now known for its super juniors and for us it's breed wrestling and we want to be known for the up-and-coming talent so we want people to think where where what promotion am i going to see the next future of british wrestlers it's a breed and that's why we've called it the new breed and that's why we're going to keep loading that division up with amazing matches I think it's really fun as well because from a fan perspective it's always fun finding someone that you've never seen before uh, and instantly just like falling in love with their work and yeah. um, so I, I was really pleased like seeing both of those matches and I think a lot of the fans were as well that were there in attendance uh, next up I want to talk about the, the Women of Steel match we had yeah. Candy Floss defeating uh, Eliza Rue Shax and Jade how did you think the match went as a whole? Yeah, it was good. It was a, there was four different women, all different conflicting styles, and uh, it, it came into a hybrid of a match. It was a, a, lot, a lot of different varieties, and yeah, it was a match that really impressed me. And obviously, Candy Floss came out on top. She's a she's another young star. I think she's only nineteen twenty, so she's yeah. only just just starting out, and she's she was like the ring general in there. She were, she was the the main one in there, so uh, she's she got picked up the win. And then you had Jade in there, who she's perfect heel. She just riled up the crowd. A lot of us were not a fan of Jade. <laughs> oh, she we knows. really, really were against her. I'll she give you that. Just, she, if she put so much effort into winding the crowd up, you know, she's 
She's great at what she does. Then we had Shaxx, who's from Sheffield, and she's been on the case to for another chance in the Woman of Steel. And I'd, I'd like to give her another chance, but she's had a chance. You know, she, there's a lot of women who want the chances, so I think she's going to have to wait until this tournament's calmed down and died down a little bit. But that's not saying that she's not a great wrestler. She's fantastic. But, you know, it's, it's time for other people to have their chance. What are your final hopes at the end of the tournament? What are you expecting from the rest of the women? Can they, will the women be able to main event breed? Are you, what, how far are they able to take this? Oh, 100%. With the, oh, the women of Steel could definitely main event any, any show that we put on. We've got a big match on the, the week on Sunday, on the 17th. So it's Raven Creed versus Debbie Cattell versus Ivy. So Ivy's from Sheffield. She's another local wrestler. And then Raven Creed and Debbie Cattell are both from OTT from Dublin. And on the the night before, it's OTT's biggest show of the year. Yeah. And they're, they're going to be wrestling each other for the OTT championship in front of like 2,000 people, which uh, if I didn't have a show the next day, I'd 100% be there. But um, yeah, so on the Saturday night, they're going to be wrestling in front of 2,000 people. And then the night after, they're going to be in Breed wrestling in front of 300 people. So it's it's going to be two different worlds. And um, yeah, it just shows you how, how big that match can be. Do you think this? So talking about that match specifically, do you reckon Ivy's got an, got an upper hand then because she's got she's not got a match the night before that's as big. Yeah. These uh, the two girls are known to be quite wild, and this match could easily be very insane. So do you reckon she's got a bit of an upper hand because she has she's not got a match the night before that's going to be as big. She's got uh, she can watch what they've done, see if there's an injury, and pick up and maybe get a win. Yeah, she's she's been the fresher out of the three definitely, and whatever's left of the other two when they've fought OTT and they've took a flight over to the UK to to pick up where they left off. Yeah, she's definitely got a, a real chance. I'm expecting some uh, some cheeky roll-up attempts in that match, <laughs> for sure. Uh, I'll then finally touch on the the new uh, the pre-pro wrestling t- uh, tournament that you, ho- you held. So we'll we'll talk about the final and we'll break down some of the matches that happened beforehand. So we had TK Cooper winning overall with escaping the mid-card, coming and helping him, who lost earlier in the night. Um, so he defeated the lucky kid to win the belt, but also Scott, uh, Scotty Davis and Chris Rudgeway lost earlier in the night. There was a bit of a controversial uh, tap out from Scotty Davis, which then caused to him trying to eliminate uh, and eliminating Chris Rudgeway. Mm. What are your thoughts on that? Hey, was, I've seen it back twice now, and it's, it's a weird one, isn't it? We need VAR, I think, to, uh, I think we... <laughs> to, uh, to go back and stop the match, and we'll assess whether we need to tap out or not. But it's, it's from the angles we've got, it's weird. You can't see if he did or not. He says that he dislocated his shoulder and he had to bang it back in. I don't know what's what with that, but the actions after was probably uncalled for. He's cost Chris Ridgeway a chance to be the a first ever champion. So he's, he's cost Chris, Chris that, and I know Chris went happy in the in the back area. Chris was not happy. He I saw him walk out. I was scared. Well, he's, he's, his ambition were to um, win the breed title and wrestle Ilya Dragunov for it to prove that he's the best wrestler in Europe. And yeah, he's, Scott's costing that. So, well, we'll go on to the the eventual winner was TK Cooper. He defeated Lucky Kid with a lot of help from Chuck Mambo and my favourite Spike Trevay. How did you think that? Would how how did you feel when you saw them? You saw them chase down and ruin the event. Yeah, it's um, it was opportunistic, wasn't it? They, they they saw what they needed to do and they just did it. He's obviously you'd like a fighting champion to represent your company. Who'd, would win it every, every, win on his own, but it's the first, it's our first show. He probably saw a loophole in the um, in how we did things, and he's a bit more wiser, a bit more streetwise than what what we are, and he, made, he took advantage of that. But we've as, we've as breed management, we've stuck together and we've spoke about stuff, and yeah, he's done it once, but he won't do it again. And we've, we've give a look at his rematch a week on Sunday to um, right his wrong. From a fan's perspective, I thought it was very smart of what he did. Um, 
obviously I wasn't expecting to get the mid cards come down because I mean the the crowd was so behind Chuck Mambo before mm. and everyone was like well everyone now hates Spike even more than they did before <laughs> uh, against Lucky Kid um, so we'll talk about the punishments that you've given all you've given the three of them so you've got Chuck Mambo facing off against Jack Sexsmith yeah. how do you think that's going to go down uh, yeah so Jack's got in contact with us because they all they all all they escape the mid card guys they they trained at Knuckle Locks Gym in, in I think it's in Brixton in London. So they all trained together and they all grew up together and they were all, all good pals from back then. And I think Jack was a bit of an outsider in that gym and he didn't really click with them like, like they all did. So when he saw it, they all, they all joined together to take the pre title hostage. He got in contact with us straight away and he was just like, you know, I want, I want Mambo. Mambo is the one who's done the dirty and I want to show that you don't have to be, be in a group to be successful and you can do it on your own. So I was like, yeah, you, You've solved me, mate. You can have the match. Uh, we then you've then got Spike Trey taking on Carlos Romero, a guy I've not heard too much about. How are you expecting try? Uh, so how are you expecting Spike to deal with this? A guy who's who's so loud mouthed and hot headed about the fact he's not getting enough chances. <laughs> so yeah, so let's let's watch. He lost a lucky kid last time, didn't he? And yeah. Lost lucky kid's main attributes is his speed. You now he's quick, and he, he caught he caught Spike Trey out with his speed and his quickness. So I was like, what? Lucky kids tied up in the main event. Who can we give Spike? Who can, who can be a similar wrestler to Lucky Kid? And I think, I think Spike's Achilles' heel is the speed and the quickness of the technical wrestlers, and yeah, we'll get him again, and it'll be the same outcome. See, I've, I want to mention quickly because I've been following Spike Trey's career quite a lot. I think I find him a very interesting wrestler because mm. he's very, he's very understated. He very, he thinks he's a lot better than he is a lot <laughs> of the time, uh, but he backs himself all the time, and that can work in work for him and work against him a lot of the time. I think. Unfortunately, I think I think Roman's going to take it. Yeah. I think I can't see Spike Trey getting through this yeah. again. Like he can do the death matches, he can do he can do technical, but speed just seems to be his, to be his heel. I don't think he can do it. Yeah. And finally, TK Cooper versus Lucky Kid. Lucky Kid's not got Majid in his corner this time, which helped him win against Spike. How do you think it's going to go down this time without him? You've got you've got about Lucky Kid in this in this situation. I think he's he's got sixteen carat this week, and he's a lot of people's dark horse for sixteen carat, and I can imagine him. Winning or getting close to sixteen carat, and then bringing that momentum to breed a week on Sunday, and yeah, I think he's got a he's got a good chance. And TK Cooper's got to prove his metal, and if he's want, he wants to be the breed champion, he's gonna gonna have to beat beat Lucky Kid. Are you gonna put any measures in place to stop ETM trying to uh, trying to ruin this event as well as the last one? We we have sport with him. It's, it's not gonna it's not gonna be accepted. Okay, cool. I want to talk I want to talk about the main event as well. So we've got Chris Ridgeway taking on Eli Dragunov. What do you think is going to go down? Is is Ridgeway's head not in this in this match? I think he, I think he's still focused on this. I think he loves a he loves a fight, and <laughs> Ilya Dragunov loves a fight. And I think they they're going to kick the living daylights out of each other. And yeah, I can't wait for this one. It's- From a fan's perspective, what do you think is going to happen? What what are you expecting? Because I'm I'm expecting a bloodbath in this. It's like a heavyweight boxing match. It really is. The, you, you're watching them, and you you know it could end at any minute. It could they're, they're that they're that high caliber strikers, and they're that tenacious. It could happen. It could end at any minute, and it's, it's exciting. And it could last five minutes. It could last twenty minutes. But it, it's gonna it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a real battle. See, the, see, I'm thinking that Ridgeway might not be able to do it just because of the fact you've got Scotty Davis still in his head. I'm thinking because yeah. the Davis is now he's put he put out uh, put an official word out yeah. with you the other day. He wasn't very happy with, with how Chris Ridgway got uh, beat him and took him out of the match. Do you reckon that's going to be a factor in, in potentially helping Dragunov win the match? Well, he's... It could be. It could, it, it, could, it could turn that way, but 
I think Chris will be focused on it, and we've we've not got Scotty Davis over for the show. He's he's got he's got just in front of Liger the the night before the show, so he's got his own things to contend with that weekend. And after he's wrestled him, he'll be, he'll be at home and he'll probably be checking on the internet to see who's won this match. And maybe one day we can make Chris Ridgeway versus Scotty Davis happen. But at the minute, next weekend, it's Chris Ridgeway versus Ilya Dragunov. And for OTT, it's Scotty Davis versus Liger. They've both got their own issues just to, to, to sort out. And they're not going to be focused on each other, I don't think, next weekend. So as well as all of that happening, you've got um, you've, you've punished Martina. Well, no, you've not punished Martina. Mr. Juan Fall has punished Martina. Yeah, and fault, she's going to be the official ring crew of the night. Yeah. How has she reacted to this to you? Yeah, she's again. She's got another OTT match with uh, Satsuma, but she, she, then the night before she's got to night after she's got to come down and be our ring crew. So it's a bit of from one extreme to another. But punishment's a punishment, you know. She's she's upset the board. The board aren't happy with her. She's got to face a punishment, and um, yeah, you don't want to upset one fall. He can he hurts your, he hurts your pockets, and if there's one place where a wrestler doesn't like getting hurt, it's the pockets. Well, speaking of the match, you got. Uh, with the team she got uh, caught by, so the anti-fun police are in a no-fun challenge against yeah. Club Tropicana from Ireland who are sailing yeah. over from Ireland in a rubber dinghy. Yeah. How do you think this is going to go down? I can't, I can see a lot of fun being had here. So this is Club Tropicana's first ever international excursion. It's the first time they've been out of Ireland to uh, to wrestle. And oh my God, they're, they're unbelievable. They're just hilarious. They're one of my favourite tag teams. I'm a real, I've got a real lot of love and, love and time for Club Tropicana and... Yeah, I, I, I thought I'd invest some money and fly them over and share that share my love of Club Tropicana with everyone over here. And hopefully, this is the first of many bookings for Club Tropicana. I feel like this is um, I feel like this is Chief Deputy Dunn's worst nightmare. Oh, he's gonna be he's, he's gonna have Martinez Rinker on the side. He's, he's gonna, gonna have a breakdown, isn't he? He's gonna have Hayden and Captain Sexer. If they get here, you know, they're, they're, I don't know whereabouts they are now, but... So. Last we saw them, they're on, they're, in yeah. the, they're on the ocean. They're in the ocean somewhere and... Singing the parts of the Caribbean theme song. So. I, w- I was out flying today and it was, it was windy in the middle of Sheffield, so I didn't I see how windy it is in the middle of the Irish Sea. I'm expecting quite a lot from them. They seem they seem hilarious and I can't wait to see what they do against against the anti-fun police. Um, I want to talk on a bit of a grander scale. I want to I'll touch on the... I'll, one, one more thing I want to touch on before I get into this. So we've got the five... We've got, we've got one new breed match this time. We've got... The uh, Ojo Mo against Shea Persa. How do you think this one's going to be uh, different from the last two? It's, uh, it's, it's the two two different guys, aren't they? You got Ojo Mo is the most charismatic guy I've ever come across in British wrestling. He's, he's so charismatic, and the world's at his feet. And then you got Shea Persa. It was all about mental strength and mental durability. And yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting one. I think this could be a sleeper show, the sleeper match of the show. I think a lot of the new breed matches are. I feel like a lot of the time we, um, you you buy the ticket to see to see Dragonov versus Ridgeway, to see TK versus Lucky Kid, but especially for the last show, just off what we saw there, um, the new breed matches I think are going to be something that's really going to help breed in the long term. I think it's I think, I think it's, it's a, a really brilliant idea from you guys. Yeah, I think it's it's the bit that's gonna. It's, it's like I say, it's, the, the idea is breeds going to be the promotion where you see the next big thing, and we've already started that by. I mean, like your Conor Mills as you may use him flying Scotty Davis over and more than hype. We're bringing all that new talent in. And I think it's I think it's really good for the UK scene as a whole. I think it's really good, like getting everyone involved. Like a lot of the times, there'll be there's a lot of Irish talent, and then there's a lot of British talent, and they don't really like mesh a lot of the time. Yeah. So it's really great to see it happening a lot of the time in breed. So that's really I'm excited to see that carry on in the future. 
Um, I want to touch on on how you're dealing with this with the new show. So you've got you're at the um, you're at the Sheffield City Hall. You're originally going to be at the Picture House, and there's been a lot of like problems with that. So you've had to move to the move to a bigger venue. Yeah. How are you coping? <laughs> it's, it's a bit more money, so it's a bit a bit less sleep at night and a bit more stress with that. It's a I think it'll be less pressure, less stress on the day. I think there's a, there's a few things in place to make it less stressful on the day, but it's also it's exciting, you know. The Sheffield City Halls, it's run wrestling shows for decades, and it's not run nothing for a for a long time, and uh, we're we're bringing it back, and that fills me with pride. I think it's really good from a fan's perspective. Like I saw, um, I've bu- I've booked tickets for events at the, at the City Hall before, so I always get their email lists of things to pop up, and I tweeted out about it because I saw. Um, a few weeks back, it was Breed Pro Wrestling was the first thing promoted, yeah. and it made me feel really like excited and buzzing about it because it was like it is such a big thing that it's going to be back in this bigger venue. Yeah, and I'm really excited to see how it goes on the night. Mm. Um, as well as that, but just before WrestleMania, so you've got you've got a big event happening yeah. at, um, at I can't, I've got the name now. The Walkabout. Walkabout. How do I forget the name? I've been yeah. there so often with you. Um, <laughs> so the card's been the card's changed a lot. Yeah. Would you like to explain what's happening with the card? Yeah, so now we've we've we were playing with our matches, and then we've just kind of just gone. You know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, what inspired me. Have you heard of a band called Pup? I may have. No, like over the last couple of weeks, they've they've got a single coming out at the end of the month, and they uh, they've basically released the codes for the song, and they're asking fans to record the the the, the song, and then upload it, and then they're going to give a prize to whoever gets the closest to what the song actually sounds like after uploading the codes. Like, okay, oh, that's clever. Let's scrap the matches that we've already announced and let's just announce the card and let people just pick their own card and then we'll go with what sounds the best. So you've 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 announced. So I've already put my name in this. So mm-hmm. you've announced the talent you've got yep. and you've announced you want a scramble match. And it's th- is it three scra- Is it three singles matches? It's three single single matches. A scramble match, which is the money in the bank match, and the interesting gene money, the in, the gene bank money in the bank match. And then we've also got a new breed match and a woman of steel match. What are you What are you looking for when you when you guys are picking these? What are you expecting? Like, what are you hoping to see? It's excitement, excitement. First time matches, styles make fights, and maybe some good styles in there. That people can see that we can't see, and I'm having God. Oh, that's actually a real good match, you know. So, I think you should definitely pick mine because I think the scramble <laughs> match I picked would have been hilarious. I know I picked uh, Sugar Dunkerton, and I think Kirby was in it as well. And I think it'd be hilarious. Yes. Like I want to see it happen. Them too much, yeah. I want to see some. I want to see Kirby against someone like Dunkerton, and then have Gene Mooney thrown in there and just see what happens. Yeah, I think it'd be wild. Well, G, the Gene Mooney in the bank, he's got something in his suitcase, and we don't know what it is. And he's just said to he, he told us we've got a case, and I'll defend it on seventh of April if you want me on the show. And I'll be like, okay, then we'll have you on the show. But what's in the suitcase? And he's like, I'm not telling you. So we don't even know what's in the case. Hopefully it's something good and not just. Have you got any down. predictions of what could be in the case? Well, his, his gimmick's gammon in it, so it could be gammon. <laughs> And I hope not, because that'll stink the joint out. But literally, because of your gammon joint. Yeah, You've, that's a very good pun of you. I don't think you, you don't even mean it, <laughs> no, did you? No. Um, so this Sunday, you've got the you've got your biggest show so far at the city at the city hall. Yeah. What you hope? What's your biggest like hope for the event? Um, it's probably the same as last time. It's a full room, all buzzing and chanting breed at the end with some fantastic matches. All a lot of talent getting over and getting affection from the fans and no injuries. No or fingers crossed, no injuries. Fingers crossed, no injuries. Fingers crossed. Well, it's been it's been brilliant having you. I've loved I love having you again. <laughs> lovely lovely questioning you, um, and hopefully we'll do this again next time after the next show, and yep. we'll just we'll talk before mania, and we'll get we'll get more things planned out. Yeah, sounds good. Lovely to have you, mate.
Okay. That was the lovely Mitch in the studio with us early today. And as you heard us talk about, we have Never Fight a Man with a Perm next weekend on the 17th of March. It takes place at the Sheffield City Hall, which is in the middle of Sheffield. And you can get your tickets online now. The event starts at 5.30 and it ends at 9. If you use the code Hallam when you check out, you can get £2 off your ticket order. So you can get tickets for 12 50 Bargain. Bargain. As our friend Joe would say. Um, I'm going to try and get your tickets to the show, Nathan. Are you excited to see? Yeah, definitely. Well, I would look forward to seeing my first ever Breed Pro Wrestling show. I've heard a lot of good things on Twitter from a lot of people and obviously you. I don't stop talking about them, do no. I? No. Well, I, I don't. If, you, if, you, if you love it, then I'm almost certain we have very it. We have very similar yeah. tastes in wrestling, which is why I think this show works very well with you on. Um, you. And so I'm going to get you back next week as well. Thank I know, you very much. I know. I'm very nice, aren't I? I mean, you may, as well, you may as well join the show permanently now. You're now a fixture, but you're a staple of the show. Um, and I want to talk about um, Fastlane and whatever happens on Raw and SmackDown. Any, any big news, whatever, we'll cover. Uh, I want to cover the Cruiserweight show, like the Cruiserweight tournament in a bit, of, a bit of detail as well. Didn't really talk about it this week, but only Lork and Cedric Alexander got through, so the semi-finals start next week. So that'll be really interesting, because I just love 205 Live. Like, I nearly made a 205 Live podcast, because there isn't one. I'm that much of a... I, that, I think it's that good of a show. But no, next week we'll be back talking about Fastlane, Cruiserweights, and whatever happens else. We'll see you next week, guys. Thank you.